I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, peeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they crowd. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position, ain't no issue. Commission as a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing, cause I be willing and dealing. Find me the trade, cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 29 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network. I am your host, Rocky Petrella at Dynasty FF Addict, along with my co-host, Dustin Church at Dynasty Junkie FF. Dustin, uh, we originally had a guest tonight, uh, had a, had an emergency, had, had to bail out, so we're going solo. How are you feeling about the, about the pod tonight and, and overall? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Like it's been a while since just you and I talked, so I'm I'm excited to 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 talk about what we have. There's a lot of news in the last like 24 hours that have happening, so I'm excited to to kind of talk through that and figure out what each of us is doing in our lineups, and and just excited to to talk with you. How are you yeah, doing? Yeah, it's been a bit of a, a not that anybody cares. A little bit of a crazy week for me. I've uh, this is my fourth pod in three nights, so. <laughs> uh, you should be listening. I was, I was, I did the uh, the DAP Network tour this week, uh, so you should be listening to Trade Addicts and Timeline anyway, uh, and uh, also Dynasty Game Night. So give a listen to that. That was a lot of fun. But uh, let's get right into the show. Then start with our, as always, with our fantasy face off. Fantasy face off. And this week we thought we would do something. We'd like to kind of come up with something based off what happened this past week. And one of the big issues is the uh, George Kittle injury. So we thought maybe we could do something with tight ends, uh, something that if you lost George Kittle, maybe you can look at these two guys and which one would you rather have? So the way we framed it too was uh, in, in tight end premium, who would you rather own Evan Ingram or Hunter Henry? Uh, both uh both had high expectations coming into the season. Both have been kind of disappointing, uh, but uh, both are still pretty young guys too. So, Dustin, which one? Which one do you want? I, I think I want Hunter Henry here. I want who's tied to the better quarterback, and right now I think that's Herbert. Better quarterback, better offense. Ingram is is shown that he just can't be a consistent option for your fantasy team. Like he had that blow up first year, but he hasn't done a lot since like he's had flashes here and there. I Hunter Henry also is that same type. Like he, he has flashes here and there and he also has some injury problems like Ingram has, but I just want like Hunter Henry was about three, four years ago. Like he was that, that next guy, like he was the right. stud and, and I, I just, want the guy with the better quarterback and the better offense. And right now that is with Herbert and with Los Angeles, it's pretty close to me, but I, I, I think, I think Hunter is your more prototypical tight end and Ingram is more of a wide receiver playing tight end. And they haven't really been able to figure out kind of what they're doing with, with him, with that new regime there. And so that's why I'm going with Hunter. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. It's definitely very close for me, and uh, it was fairly close to for Twitter too because we did poll at six hundred and ten votes, fifty-seven uh, percent for Henry, forty-three for for Ingram. So uh, a bit of a gap there, but you know anything between sixty forty is pretty close. So I originally thought I would be agreeing with you and going with Hunter Henry, but and I think I still would for this year. And which is how I just frame the question. So if you're trying to find a guy to replace Kittle for you, I think I'd probably prefer Henry. Um, but Engram, I mean, he is the more athletic, dynamic guy. Like you said, he's kind of a wide receiver playing tight end. Uh, I also think he has more reception upside in general. Uh, he's 
generally gets more targets than Henry does. Uh, he had that rookie season. He had 115 targets. Um, he had another season where he averaged about eight uh, per game where uh, Henry generally doesn't get that many targets. He's more like a six to seven at best per game kind of guy. Um, Henry's definitely more steady. I think he'll be better this year. He's got more touchdown upside. Uh, he's he's never had less than five in a season, whereas Engram's never had uh, has had one more one season more than three. So I would say long term, I prefer Ingram. But like I said, the way we frame the question, I would say probably would agree Henry. I think Henry will be better this year. He's only got one touchdown so far. I think he's probably due for some positive regression in that area, especially with how good that offense has been, like you said. Um, but going to the long term thing. I was thinking the same thing too. I was originally going to say even long-term it would be Henry, um, but he is just, I'm a little concerned the fact that he's not signed beyond this year. Uh, he, I think they have him on the franchise tag. So I would assume they try and keep him, but, but that hasn't happened yet. Um, but with, if he's with Herbert long-term, I probably might even go Henry long-term, but definitely for this year, Henry and uh, Ingram, I go long-term. So I'm hedging. <laughs> Yeah, with those two type tight ends, I am more playing it on a year-by-year basis anyways. I'm not really kind of forming my team around or building my team around right. those two at tight end. Uh, I like some of the younger guys better than like a Fant or a Hawkinson. I like those guys better than I like these two. Agreed. I, I think these guys are – I'm only – like in. You always talk about this on the show. Like you're only really playing Dynasty for a two- to three-year window anyways. Um, so – I think I want Hunter just because I think he's got the more immediate production. And I think that he will be back next year. Um, but I don't fault either way, but I'm not building my, my team around either of the, these two long-term regardless. Agreed. And I have Engram in a few leagues and I've even traded to, uh, I recently, it was part of a bigger deal. I wasn't trading for him, but I picked up uh, Gronk in a league where I had Engram just because, I'm a little uncertain about Engram for 2020, and I'm a contender in that league. Uh, but yeah, it's it's close enough for me too. I hate when we give this answer for these face-off questions, but it's close enough for me too. Where if I can get one cheaper than the other, I, I'd be fine. So, um, but if I'm going just based on production, I, I'm going Henry for this year and and probably beyond, but but maybe not. <laughs> okay, and Dustin, we have a listener question this week. Listener questions. It's submitted by Joseph Fry at jfry80. And, and if you listen to the show regularly, you'll have, you'll have heard last week. We've been meaning to get this on the show for a couple weeks, um, but it ran long on time. So I promised Joseph we'd get it on this week. His question was, uh, what do you do when you decide to go productive struggle or rebuild and your players start outperforming expectations and or lottery tickets hit and you have a ton of picks for the following year. It's it's kind of funny that we ended up putting the question in this week too, because uh in our you'll see in our find me a trade, we have we have a guy with a similar issue, kind of. Um, but just to give uh the listeners an idea, like he has RBs, he said that are hitting in like to some extent, and Justin Jackson. Now he's got Chase Edmonds that's you know gonna be a starter uh for a few weeks at least. He's got Freeman. Uh, Swift and Dobbins as well, who, who who've had their moments, and he's he's also uh, I guess he he drafted these guys in in the startup Diggs and Cup, um, who are not totally in line with the productive struggle because they're a little bit older. But so he basically has some. He's he's one in four though. He says um, so he's not contending, but I guess he he said his all play record is around five hundred. Um, and well, he was one in four when he submitted this to us a couple weeks ago. I don't know what his record is now, but what do you think of the question, Dustin? How do you, how do you handle that when, when you, maybe you're doing, uh, he's not maybe doing a little bit of record wise, but he's, uh, he's, he said his all play was around 500 and he was doing a little better than expected. Yeah. I think you kind of talked a little bit about it. Like I would definitely sell some of those older assets. Um, Cooper Cup might be a hard guy to sell right now because he's got the injury as well mm -hmm. that may keep him out a couple of weeks. But I would just kind of stay coarse. Um, like this is kind of just showing me that you might not have as much of a rebuild as you might have thought. 
if you, if your team's performing, like you might've had some guys that are, are starting to hit now, which is awesome. Like if you still have multiple picks, like if you're, if you're still around 500, like you're in all reality, you're probably still not going to really compete in the playoffs. So just keep those picks and just continue to stack your team. Uh, but if you do have any, any guys that like, like a chase Edmonds, I, I personally love chase Edmonds, but right now you could probably get an early second or late first for him. Um, to an RB needy team like he's a guy that increased a lot in value for you in the last couple of weeks so he's a guy I'm looking to sell instantly like if you don't have any of those older veterans sell those guys that that blew up for a couple of weeks like sell Corey Davis or sell sell any of these guys that that aren't gonna make or break your team that just increased a lot of value on your on your roster and try to move those guys and just continue that process don't try to change unless you're you know, you're in top three or four in the league. Don't try to sell your picks to to try to compete now. Um, just continue going with the process. Uh, and you basically said a lot of what I was going to say. So um, I literally have I have some notes here. The first thing I wrote down was I, w- I would tend to lead towards mostly standing pat. Um, like you said, I would not. He, he does have uh, I didn't mention this in running down the players, but he has four firsts. Uh, including his own, which uh, he also did mention is like eighth in potential points because of, uh, I guess, the guys he has on his roster. So uh, given the record that he gave us, I wouldn't be thinking about even trying to compete, uh, even though you have some guys that are hitting a little bit. Like Dustin said, uh, those kind of running backs you want to sell. Justin Jackson has performed well with Eckler out. We still don't know when Eckler is going to be back. Edmonds is a perfect sell for that team. Plus it's, plus it's taking more potential points off your roster, um, which is what you want to do. And I, I would definitely not sell those picks. Um, they're not going to be as valuable now as the, I don't hate the idea of, of selling them later, but um, basically from here on out to the rest of the season, it's, it's, it, it, I, I just don't think it's going to be worth it. I think you, you'd get a lot better return for them. Uh, later on, you know, towards the end of the season, as we get closer to the end of the fantasy season, it becomes it's much more of a, a player's seller's market. So um, you're going to have to pay up if you were to try and compete anyway. So and I'm not even sure he's definitely competing because he said, like I said, this was two or three weeks ago. So his record was one and four. I don't know if he's gotten any better, but uh, just sell those those spike RBs um, and and hold on to your picks. And if if you want to try and make a move, I would wait until way closer to the draft um, and not try to compete this year. I think Dustin was pretty much spot on. I think I repeated most of what you said. (laughs) Yep, sounds good. (laughs) Okay, so we'll just then move on to uh, kind of the week eight recap and dynasty strategy. Dynasty strategy. So... As always, we start with the injuries, and the Niners have given us plenty of injuries to talk about. Uh, Jimmy G, high ankle sprain, out uh, at least six weeks, it sounds like, could be the season. Uh, I read today it's probably him missing the rest of the season. Yeah, I think I saw that too. So uh, we talked a little bit about this, uh, I think, on Trade Addicts earlier this week, but uh, for our listeners, do you think Jimmy G is done? for as a niner i think he is done as a niner i think they were just gonna find a different direction to go in i don't think that he's he's the answer there um i don't i don't really have an idea of where he might go but i i I don't think he's going to be back in san francisco they have a pretty cheap out i think it was like 2.8 million for him next next year or they have to pay him like 26 or 28 million or something like that like he like you're not paying a, a Jimmy G twenty six million dollars like that just doesn't make any sense for your team. So I I think he's gone um, from San Francisco next year. I don't think that their starting quarterback is on the roster currently. I I think the um, Nick on the Trade Addicts podcast talked about Darnold there, and I actually see that that I think could be a good fit there for for san francisco um i i still like darnold and i think with shanahan i i think it's there it's a good fit there and i don't think he would cost them too much because they're probably going to take lawrence or fields or somebody so yeah i, I love the darnold idea i 
I I can't really buy into Darnold the Jet, but I think he's definitely gone after this year. Uh, I think they're going to get the number one pick. They're going to draft Trevor Lawrence, um, and it only makes sense then for them to trade him. And it it's a, kind of an it seems like the Niners or the Colts would be the perfect landing spot for him to maybe get a at least, at least for him to get another starting opportunity. And I agree with. Yeah, but- I'm sorry. I was gonna say it was really interesting. Uh, to today, the Jets GM came out and said Adam Gase is part of the solution. It was, so it's just really funny to hear that. I think like part of the solution for them to get the number one pick. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> um, we keep joking about it, but I I really think that that's the reason why he still has a job is because they know that he can't like he's terrible and he's not going to win them a game. So yeah, exactly. We've been saying that all along. That yeah, uh, he's he's there to ensure Trevor Lawrence. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, going into this season though, I, I, I don't think, uh, I'm not really encouraged by Nick Mullins. We saw him get benched already earlier in the year. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Mullins, then Bethard, then maybe Mullins again. Uh, when I saw him against my Eagles, he looked atrocious. Uh, so I don't think I wouldn't really be looking to acquire either of those two guys, even if you're desperate, though. Apparently someone uh, and this seems to be a recurring topic on Dynasty Junkies is that Dustin trades for someone we're going to talk about. But uh, I think someone was interested in in, in acquiring him. Yeah, so I got it. I, I, I didn't even put two and two together yet, <laughs> um, but I did trade away Nick Mullins today. Um, it was, I mean, a pretty good offer. So I. I had to accept it. It was a, uh, I traded Nick Mullins, Carr, and Gabriel Davis for Matthew Stafford and Corey Davis. So obviously it's a it's a pretty pretty easy deal for me to make. Um, in that league, I still have I think four other quarterbacks, three or four other quarterbacks that I can start. I have Rogers, Carr, Rivers, and now Stafford. So I cousins um, or cousins, yeah. So uh, Rogers, Cousins, Rivers, and now Stafford. So Mullins was just a, a whatever to me. Um, with with everything going on in San Francisco, like he has nobody this week, so it's it's going to be tough for him to really like. I, yeah. Like he here he is trying to trying to earn a job, and now his number one receiver is Trent Taylor, and <laughs> yeah. they don't have anybody else, and they cut Dante Pettis. So like he's literally the only guy on the roster right now at wide yeah. receiver. I think they picked the wrong time to cut Dante Pettis. <laughs> yeah. and, and Dante Pettis hasn't been anything since his rookie year, but still, like the only healthy receiver eligible is is uh, Trent Taylor right now. Um, yeah. We talked a little bit about the show. Like, I think this is going to be a good game for McKinnon and and Hasty because they're they're ringed up at, at running back too. They don't have Jeff Wilson, Tevin Coleman, or um, Mostert, so they yeah. they have McKinnon and they don't have Kittle. So like that whole, <laughs> I know I'm kind of jumping ahead I on know. everything, but it just seems like everything's <laughs> happening in San Francisco right now. Like, it doesn't sound like Jordan Reed's going to be back tomorrow. So it's it's oh, the wow. Ross Dwelly show. <laughs> So it's Ross Dwelly, Trent Taylor, McKinnon, and Hasty, and that's that. That's it. That's all they have. Apparently, they sold their souls to make that that Super Bowl last year, and this is this is the payment or something. Because <laughs> yeah, it's, that injury, not even just on the offensive side of the ball, but especially right now on the offensive side, is, is the injury status is ridiculous for the whole entire team. Um, but yeah. And I love that trade for you, by the way. We talked about it before the show. It's, uh, yeah. And, you, and you've mentioned, too, you're, you, Corey Davis is definitely a guy you want to be buying right now. Uh, he's playing really well. I think he was, uh, he's like wide receiver 16 overall or something like that yep. in points per game. So uh, I, I just, yeah. You And, and Stafford and Carr are, are not that far apart in terms of points right now this year either. We all thought Stafford would be better than he's been based off last year, but it hasn't panned out that way. Yep. So, so we'll get into the next one, which you already mentioned, which was Kittle. Uh, out, they're saying eight weeks. I did see a quote from Shanahan today uh, that uh, it, they're saying the doctors are saying eight weeks. George is saying two. Um, so I, I don't think he's going to be back in two weeks. Um, I'm sure it's probably going to be a lot closer to eight, which could mean the season for him because by the time eight weeks is up, we're practically at the end of the NFL season. And what I doubt it doesn't look like the Niners are going to be a contending team. So, uh, why bring him back? Um, so I, I was going to ask you about Reed or Twilight. I hadn't realized Reed is, is not playing tomorrow. That's what, that's what you've seen that, that he's, 
Yeah, they haven't activated them off IR yet. And I know they still can tomorrow before the game, but I haven't yeah. seen anything that's showing that he's going to yet. And I, I think at this point, like, especially with how that division is right now, that they're, I, I don't think that they're really thinking that they can contend for this year now. Um, yeah. With Seattle up there and, and Arizona above them, and now the Rams are doing pretty well the last couple of weeks. Like, it's just going to be that, that division is probably right now the most competitive division in football, them and maybe uh, the AFC North. Um, but, definitely not the NFC East. <laughs> definitely not the East. <laughs> but I think. I, I think San Francisco with, with just with their injuries, they see the writing on the wall that they they're not gonna really have a chance right now. So why rush Kittle back? Like if it's if it's anything more than four weeks, I don't think that the, why rush him back? You're not gonna win anything this year. So uh in in Dynasty, what are you doing if you're a contender who owns Kittle? Uh I, I definitely don't think you should be looking to trade Kittle. This isn't like uh uh, to me, like a Saquon situation, which I'm not dying to trade Saquon if I if I have him on my team, but I know a lot of people would move, removing Saquon to try and get point production this year. But uh, anyone who's listened to me knows that I'm big on that tight end, uh, elite tight end uh, advantage in a league. So I, I would want to hold Kittle even if I'm contending. But what do you are you looking to? What kind of tight end are you looking to acquire? Because I mean, most of the time, if you own Kittle, you're not that concerned about your backup tight end or tight ends, and you might not have someone that's immediately startable. Like I know in a couple of my leagues, I have like Darren Fells and Jack Doyle on my rosters behind Kittle because I'm just starting Kittle every week anyway. So. Are you looking to get maybe one of those guys you were talking about earlier in, in Ingram or Henry? Are you looking to go cheaper? Are you looking to go better? What are, what are you looking to do? So the target that I'm actually really going for right now that I don't that is actually only still 51% owned in all of like my uh, MFL leagues is Trey Burton. If you look at what Trey Burton's done since he's taken over um, in a 1.5 um, tight end premium league, um, first week he, he had five points, but he's gone 12, 25 and 12.6 in the last three weeks. Um, so I think like he's a super a cheap buy low. Um, if, if Reed isn't coming back this week, I think Reed is still a good buy low just because they're going to need somebody there to catch the ball. And like, he was good until he got hurt. Um, again, like that's always the story with Reed, but I'm just going to try to piece it together. Like this is the year that I'm not, I, I think you can piece um, running or, or tight ends together easier uh, just because there seems to be more, I don't know, just random guys that are performing this year. But you, we forget um, back when um, Trey Burton was with Frank Wright, like he was, he was a stud. Like he was the, he was, he was an animal at tight end and like he was, I think he was like a top eight tight end that year. Um, and he's shown it. He's, he's pre- performing now, but um, you could also probably go get Jimmy Graham for pretty cheap. Like he's performing right now. Um, and like, he's, he's old. You could still probably get Gronk for pretty cheap. So like I would, if I'm a contender, I'm going to go get one of those older vets or like a Trey Burton or something like that. Yeah. That's only going to cost me like a second or Burton's case, probably still a third and, and just kind of piece it together. I'm, if I, had Kittle, I'll, obviously I'm not selling him. It's hard to get those elite tight ends. Like once, and he's still so young that you can still have him for another ten years. So I'm not, I, I'm not selling him at all. I'm just gonna go get a cheap couple of cheap tight ends and piece it together and figure it out. Yeah, that's basically where I'm at. I, I love the Jimmy Graham call. Uh, I recently actually acquired him off of you in a league with a 1.75 premium. So. Uh, uh, I really like Jimmy. He's been a lot better, I think, than expected. Um, he's not, you know, he's not Travis Kelsey or, or Darren Waller or something, but he's given you a solid 10 to, to 13 points almost every week. Um, if you did want to go up a little, um, I think rather than even an Engram or Henry who are, are underperforming, I do like uh, Hurst a little bit as a guy to get. Uh, I, I think people, I, mean, I guess his owners know what he's doing, but I still don't think you have to pay a ton for Hayden Hurst. And he's also been a real steady guy and also um, a little younger than Ingram. I know everyone likes to joke that Hayden Hurst is ready to retire, but 
um because he came out so old but i mean he's uh in tight end 1.5 tight end premium he is a tight end five so you're gonna have to pay up a little more over gronk or graham um but i think you're gonna get a little more from him too um how much would you would you be looking to buy hearst would you pay a early second late first could you think you can get him for that I, I do love Hurst. I, I like that call of trying to trying to buy Hurst. I would pay an early second for him. I'm not paying a first for him. But I think you could actually, depending on... So if I'm not a contender and I have Hurst, um, I'd be looking to like send Hurst in like a second for a first or something like that. And I think a contender would like, pay their first. Um, but, I think like, I if would I'm, do that. Yeah, so I, I think like, you know, Hurst and a second for a first or something like that on both sides. I think that makes sense. Um, if you're a contender, like your first is pretty late. So I don't hate, hate doing that. Like if you're, you know, top four teams, like you're one Oh nine to one twelve. like I'm not too worried about giving up. I don't want to give up a first if I don't have to, cause I know what that will do in the draft, but um, a late second won't get it done. So, and if you're no. a contender, your, your second's going to be late. So like, you know, that's where you giving up your first for, their second in Hurst, I think, could work. Um, you know, that that's a good framework for the deal. But I like getting Hurst. Like, I don't think anyone, like, not a lot of people are really realizing how good he's been recently. That was my thinking. Yeah. 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 So and yeah, and with what you said too, I I don't hate that idea if I'm a contender of of doing the Hurst in a second for a first, uh, especially because if someone's probably willing to give up Hurst for to get that first, then they probably are thinking they're not going to make the playoffs um, if they're willing to give up Hurst to get the first, um, unless they're loaded at tight end. So there's a decent chance that could be early to mid-second anyway, and you're not losing that much um, in the pick anyway. Um, but we'll go on to the next uh, injury we wanted to talk about, um, which actually I'm just going to – do you have anything to say about Galladay? He's out of. He's got a hip. He's out a week. I was thinking maybe we could just gloss over that one. I mean, it could be longer, but I, I don't see anything really like actionable advice to give off Galladay being out one week or two. <laughs> so. No, I mean, and like now Stafford's going to be out with with um, Co- uh, COVID. They protocol, did say so. they did say earlier to uh, not long before the show that uh, if he tests positive the rest of the week. Sunday is the first day that he would be eligible to come back. So he technically could play in the game. If he tests negative. I'm sorry, test negative. negative. Yeah, sorry. I said test positive. If he tests negative for every day the rest of the week, he can play Sunday. Yeah, interesting. Um, I still – Chase Daniel is going to be the guy if Stafford's not there. Marvin Jones hasn't been that good. Like, I think Hawkinson will get peppered with targets, and he's been – Hawkinson's been sneaky good as well, like, um, this year, um, he's in the points, uh, 1.5, he's tied in five in the points per game. Like Hawkinson, I think is the only one that's really going to be a factor if Stafford's there, but Galladay missed the beginning of the season. Like he, I'm not, I'm not worried about him long-term. It just seems like something, something minor. So. Yeah, just the, the Hawkinson thing. Yeah, he's. Uh, I think feel he's been kind of sneaky good this year. I mean, you're not getting him cheap like we've talked about with Hayden Hurst. Not that he's super cheap, but I don't think people realize again because he hasn't had any of those blow up games. But he he's been really good in tight end premium. Uh, I actually have him as tight end four in the site I'm looking at. So yeah, he's tight end four overall, and I had him tight end five in points oh, per, game, per game. Like, okay. Um, like I I'm in a two point tight end premium. And I traded Waller away because I had Hawkinson. Like that's how confident I am. In mm-hmm. Granted, I got a really good deal for Waller because it's a 2.0 tight end premium. But like Hawkinson was the the top tight end coming out last year. Him and Fant were were right there. And I don't. And I think everyone had such a nasty taste with how like his season went last year that some people were off of him. And like he's he's performing really well right now. Yeah, and I could see, like I said, he's, he's tight end four overall right now, tight end five in points per game. He could he could be breaking into that elite, you know, tier of guys. We talk about Kittle, Kelsey, Andrews next year. He's still only in the second year, and, and he's doing this. Uh, and people, I think, just aren't quite as uh, up on uh, that he's that good. I mean, people know he's he's good, but uh, I don't know if they know. Real, if you don't own him, I don't think a lot of people realize the production is that good right now. Yeah. Uh, 
But uh, the last one I was going to mention, and I'm sure you're just going to want to blow over this, this one as well, which was that uh came out that uh, Miles Gaskin has an MCL issue out uh, at least three weeks. Uh, I did feel it was worth bringing up because Gaskin has been surprisingly fantasy relevant uh, through eight weeks here. He's kept it up at least in the RB2 range. But uh, And the Dolphins did trade for DeAndre Washington supposedly because of this. Um, but is there anyone there that you're looking to add on the cheap? It, uh, Washington could be someone you could even get off of waivers. Breda, uh, maybe Howard gets a, a little more run now that even after being inactive. This is it's going to be a wait and hold situation for me. Like I, I don't, I I sometimes can can be risky when it comes to fantasy, and I'm not risky enough to start anybody from the Miami backfield right now. I have no dis, no desire to try to play Brita or Howard or DeAndre Washington or anything like that. Um, I think this doesn't do anything for Washington. He hasn't been really irrelevant for a couple years now. He's just a depth piece. Um, I have zero interest in anybody in this backfield. I feel really bad for, for Tua, like coming in with now, like the weapons there aren't the best at all already. And then, like, now you just take away your running game completely. Not like Gaskin is, is that great, but it's just it's just another blow to that offense. Um, but like I said, I think that's where Juju ends up next year, and then it's a whole other ballgame going forward. But that's a whole other topic. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty much on board with you there. Braid is the only one that interests me a little. I liked him a little bit coming into the season. And then – then Gaskin became a thing, uh, but I think uh, I think I saw that Breda was uh, out of practice uh, at least uh, one of the days this week too. So I'm he might be banged up again for for, for all I know. But uh, I, I'm not really willing to pay for anybody. It's just sort of a like you said a hold situation. Um, I do have Braden on a few rosters, so maybe I can see if in a week or two he's startable. But like you, I'm not I'm not inserting Breda into any lineups. Um, and I don't have much hope for Washington, Washington either. So we will now move on to the next topic we wanted to talk about, which was a couple weeks ago. We talked about some overachievers and what we what we thought of them going forward. So we decided to to bring up some underachievers. We have a couple at each position. Uh, we're we're not doing tight end because we feel we covered that with Ingram and Henry. So. Uh, the first couple we have are quarterbacks. Um, just what we think of these guys and if they can rebound at all, what we project going forward, that kind of thing. So the first one is Baker and uh, Baker Mayfield. QB 27. I went points per game in all these. QB 27 and points per game. That's with four-point TDs minus two INT scoring. And I am, I am out on Baker. Uh, I think you might be too, but we'll find out in a minute. Uh, I just I was really big on the OBJ and Baker bounce back this year coming into the season, and it just didn't really happen. Uh, Baker's had a moment or two. OBJ has had a moment or two. But just watching the game, uh, looking at the stats, you can see they're basically they're basically using him as almost like a game manager, except he's a game manager who also throws interceptions. So um, that's not ideal. Uh, he, a lot of times he doesn't crack 200 yards uh, in Superflex. Uh, he, uh, he's still rot. You know, I'm not trading for him, but he's a guy you can throw in there as your QB two, maybe because, or at least have on your roster as your QB three, because he, he is going to be, uh, I think he's going to be locked in there through at least next year. So you at least, you know, you have some security with him. but other than that, I, I'm out. I, I mean, you can't really sell him because nobody wants him. So uh, what do you think of Baker though, Dustin? Yeah, I'm, I have quite a few shares of Baker because he was so cheap in the off season and I bought the bounce back, but I, I know I can't sell him for anything close to what I, what I kind of paid for him. Like people are kind of out on him right now. I still, I think I'm still somewhat in on him. You know, he's not performing right now. And I was hoping he was going to obviously do better, and the OBJ hurts him. Um, but I still, I still b- somewhat believe in the talent there. I think once Chubb comes back, that'll help him a little bit. Just Hunt hasn't been as good without without Chubb there. So I just think like they that that offense like 
him and Hooper were starting to click, and then Hooper went out. Like they, they were doing well, Chubb, and the Chubb went out, and then OBJ had some flashes, and now OBJ's out. So like I'm, I'm willing to give him a little bit of the ben, uh, benefit of the doubt and a little bit of the pass, just because how much that offense has been so having to kind of adjust constantly on the fly that I I don't know that it's all his fault. I mean, yes, he has thrown interceptions, but you know, he's got new guys. He's having to, to, to get rapport with as, as he goes. So maybe it's me being naive, but I'm still <laughs> somewhat bought in to Baker. Um, I, I do think he actually could be a buy right now because of how cheap he is. I don't think there's any way he loses his job, at least for the next two to three years or so. So I think that they'll give him his whole rookie deal to see. And so might as well, um, you can probably get him for pretty cheap. So I, I would buy cautiously. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess more of a hold than a buy. Um, Cause like I said, I, I can't see selling him when he, when he's this low. And, but I do think it would take multiple good games in a row to, to, to try and get a decent return for him. I mean, he did have that good game against the Bengals a couple weeks ago, and then he was really poor last week. It was, I think, a bad weather game, but uh, he, he, he did very little fantasy-wise last week. So I think you're going to have to get like two, three games in a row if you are going to try and sell him. And, but like I said, I, I'm out. Okay, and the next guy we were going to look at was a uh, guy who's come up quite a lot on the podcast, especially in the offseason, Drew Locke, who is, yeah. again, this, yeah. <laughs> this isn't – Points per game, he is QB 36. That's right. In a, in a league that has 32 starting quarterbacks, he is QB 36. And that's points per game, so that's not factoring. It does include a game that the game he got injured in, which I think he only threw five passes. But it also includes a game where he had three and a half points that he started the whole game. So uh, I have my thoughts on Locke, but I'll, I'll let you go first this time, Dustin. What, what are you thinking on Drew Locke? My your thoughts are mine. I was never really in on lock. Um, I know our boy Bobby Koch was never in on lock, and he got me sold on on that. Um, I did for a little while buy into the narrative of that offense and how good that they were doing, or I mean, how many w- weapons they had. But as a talent, I've never been in on him, and this just kind of shows it. Um, I'm no interest in in lock. I can't totally argue what you're saying there. Um, he hasn't looked great this year. And I still think it's kind of my whole thing with him coming into the season is people wanted to point out he wasn't that great last year. He just won a lot of games. I didn't care about him winning games. I just thought there wasn't much you could take from five games to decide whether he was good or not. So far, it doesn't look great in saying he's good. Uh, but I still think he's he's faced there's kind of had to deal with a lot of adversity this year between the injury, the Sutton injury, the fan injury. Uh, Lindsay's been in and out. Gordon missed a game. So I'm still I'm not totally out on lock yet. Kind of guess like you're not totally out on Baker. Uh, I wouldn't. It would have to be pretty cheap because I don't buy quarterbacks anyway. But I, I wouldn't hate buying him at this point because he's he's very, very low. Uh, but I, I still think there could be something there. I think we need to give it a little more time. Is basically where I'm at. I, I just, I, I will agree. He he doesn't. He hasn't looked great. He did. He did bring them back this past week. Um, put up a decent fantasy day. Uh, so if you can buy him super cheap, I'd be good with that. Otherwise, uh, if you own them, obviously, like we said about Baker, uh, there's no point in selling them. You're not going to get much in return anyway. Uh, if I'm selling quarterbacks, I'm looking to sell the good quarterbacks to 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 <laughs> to get something, another piece in there for for a lesser quarterback. But we'll move on to the next guy. I think that's it. we've talked about Drew Lock enough. Uh, so Zeke, I actually cheated with the running backs. We have two running backs. Both of them, if you look at their overall season, look fine. Zeke is RB8 in points per game on the season, so that doesn't necessarily scream underachiever. But uh, RB28 in the three games without Dak. Is this what we can expect going forward? Uh, are you? Would you buy Zeke low? Uh, or do you think this is just a mess and he's in his fifth year and no thanks? I, it's it's hundred percent based on what's kind of going on with that team. I did buy him last week, thinking I was buying him low, and then 
he looked terrible last week. I still don't know that it was his fault. I just think that that team is not really going anywhere and with the amount of injuries they have and everything like that. It's just, it's, it's kind of a scary situation. I still believe in the talent of, of, um, Zeke. And I think that they'll figure it out. Um, Dalton's first game was just obviously his first game starting and then he had the concussion and now he's got on the COVID list. So he hasn't really had that, that opportunity to, to play with Dalton. And I think, I was I was gearing up with Dalton. I wasn't scared of Dalton's first game because I, I, I think that that team has a lot of talent and Dalton is serviceable that it was just gonna take him a couple of games to get to get back into playing um game, game speed and things like that. I'm not worried about Zeke long term. I still think Zeke's an elite talent. And if anyone's willing to sell him at a discount, I, I would. But I'm I am worried the next like week or two until until Dalton comes back, but long term I'm not I'm not too worried. And Zeke, yeah, Zeke for me is kind of weird, isn't that? Uh, I don't hate selling him, uh, even if you're a contender. If you can get uh, a decent running back back plus something, um, but I also wouldn't mind buying him. I, I I kind of agree with some of what you said there, in that uh, I think it's going to be rough for a little while here. Uh, the line, uh, the O line, is not that great right now either. Um, so hopefully they improve. Um, maybe get a guy back or two. And uh, I don't see RB twenty eight the rest of the year, which is what he's been in the three games without Dak so far. Um, I think you could probably still get low RB one, high end RB two numbers. I see, hear a lot of people wanting to get out on Zeke. Um, but like you said, I think he's the kind of guy, too, that's going to be around a while, even though he's already in his fifth year. Uh, I don't think he's ever missed a game because of injury. If so, it's maybe like one or two. Uh, but I think we got another couple of years of Zeke, um, which will most likely be with Dak. So I, I, I kind of like buying him low as well. Um, but I can totally get it if you're a contender. If you can sell Zeke, I think uh, in uh, – uh, our boy uh, FF Trader Joe in Trade Addicts Three mentioned he sold Zeke for for uh, James Robinson in the first. Uh, I actually don't hate that if you're a contending team either. What do you think of that trade? That was pretty interesting. Like I, I don't know that I would sell Zeke for that personally, just because I don't think Robinson is a long term solution in the league as well. But I get if you need someone to score points right now, like the way the running back landscape has been. Like I get making that deal. Um, the one I made, I made, I traded Zeke, or I traded Nick Chubb and Robert Woods, and I and I got Zeke and Brandon Cooks. Oh uh, yeah. Um, Chubb, I still don't know when he's coming back, and I thought it was a great opportunity to buy low on Zeke, but now like Robert Woods is he went and scored two touchdowns the week after I traded him, so that was awesome. <laughs> I'm like I'm a, I'm a definitely a contender in the league that I'm in. I'm uh, I'm seven and one, and I have about a hundred points more than the next team. Um, and so I was like just thinking that Zeke would be that that guy to kind of get me over the top. And so far he's not, but I, I'm still holding out for for the playoffs. Like I'm basically guaranteed a playoff spot right now. So if they can get things figured out by the playoffs, then then I'm completely fine with it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't mind that trade at all. Uh, uh, I mean, I Woods had the two touchdowns this week, but I, he's been, he's not been as consistent as he's been in the past, and and uh, I've always been a Cooks guy, and, and he's starting to show show a little bit something there. So uh, I don't think you're losing a ton from uh, Woods to Cooks. And uh, you get Zeke's points now. Uh, and like we said, I think he could improve. I guess there's the issue. I mean, if, if they're starting Cooper Rush or some, somebody called Garrett Gilbert this week. But uh, <laughs> so this might not be another great week. But uh, but and, and by the time by the time Z starts producing again, I wonder if Chubb is maybe even back. But I, I don't hate it. So uh, we'll move on to our other running back, which was uh, Joe Mixon. R again, RB10 in points per game on the season. Uh, but if you take out that one monster week he had, uh, he's RB31. And I know if you take out a lot of guys' best week, uh, 
it's going to you know affect their their standing but his his best week is about almost three times as as much as the second best week so uh, i think it's a valid uh, point to make uh, in the other weeks you're starting him you're getting an rb3 or two at best uh, my thing with mixon is uh, i kind of i actually do like him going forward we saw it last year where he busted out more in the second half the, the two weeks he's been out, Geo has actually been very good and actually produced more points in both those weeks than Mixon had in any other week except that 40-point week. So you can look at that in kind of two ways that maybe Mix, that Geo gets more involved and maybe that takes away from Mixon. But I kind of think they like they just they, they, they kind of figured out they like going with the one back thing um, after Mixon and Geo a little more earlier in the year. And I, I still think we're going to see a lot of Mixon once he's healthy. And uh, if Geo can produce, uh, I don't see why Mixon can't produce. I think Mixon's a better talent. So I think we're going to see a repeat of last season where everyone was all down on Mixon uh, because of the way he started off. And and in the offense, you know, they got a rookie quarterback in Joe Burrow, and he looks like he's getting better every week. So I can definitely see the offense improving as a whole anyway. Uh, what do you think? You agree with that assessment on Mixon, or are you going a different direction? Yeah, I agree with you on Mixon. Like, I've always loved Mixon, and I just think, you know, he started slow that while that offense was getting to know each other, and then he got injured. Like, I, I still, I love Mixon. I love the talent, and I'm a believer. So, I, I agree with you on, on Mixon. Okay, so we'll move right into the receivers then. First one we got. We've talked about him a few times. Hurts my soul to bring him up here as an underachiever. DJ Moore. Wide receiver, 27 in points per game in PPR. Uh, I'll go into my take first, and then you can give yours again. My uh, my take is basically I'm not sure what the hell is going on with DJ Moore. Uh, I don't quite get the usage. I mean, I guess I get it because Robbie Anderson is is performing fairly well. Uh, unfortunately, he's still slightly out-targeting DJ Moore. Uh, I still think DJ Moore has wide receiver one year after year kind of potential, but I'm now starting to get worried that at least for the immediate future, his upside is 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 kind of capped because uh, Robbie signed through next year, and he's got the connection with Matt Rule. They both uh, were at Temple together. And they definitely seem to like using him. Uh, he's actually tailed off a little bit. I mean, he's still getting the targets, but from a fantasy perspective, he's not producing quite as much as he was early on. But uh, I don't see him going away. And now we're getting Christian McCaffrey back. You know, he's going to get his share of targets. Um, Mike Davis did get some, but not not to the extent that, that CMC is going to get. So... Where you at with DJ Moore? I mean, I do kind of like him as a as a buy low, possibly. I, but I'm also thinking that I think a lot of guys are probably like me, love DJ Moore and aren't selling him low. So, what do you think? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I think <laughs> I feel like the the guys that own DJ Moore like bought into the hype early, and they're not going to sell him low because of how much they love him and they know how much how talented he is. So, I don't think that you're going to get him cheap because the owners that have him are like, they view him like a top uh, a wide receiver one, which is where I think he ultimately will be. I just maybe think that maybe he just doesn't fit Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe they still have to, I just don't know if maybe they, I don't know, maybe they're just not, he just doesn't fit that offense with, with Teddy and who knows how that, if that's going to fix or not. Um, they didn't really get a lot of games with McCaffrey and DJ Moore, so I, he's been having to adjust a little bit. So maybe when, when CMC comes back, that'll help open things up a little bit for DJ Moore. Um, but it seems like that offense just kind of is moving all over the place. Like we, we've seen Samuel have big games. Robbie Anderson's had big games. DJ Moore's had big games. So I think it's just more of like that offense is not going to be designed for one guy. It's going to be in defenses where – were kind of gearing up to stop DJ Moore at the beginning. So that's why Robbie Anderson was performing. And, you know, now with, with CMC coming back, maybe it'll open things up more for DJ Moore. Um, I'm not really that worried about DJ Moore, though. Yeah, I'm not either. And I think that's a good point about the 
not being designed for one guy kind of thing. Uh, it's been, he's been up and down because of that. And, and CMC coming back is probably just going to spread things out a little more. And I was really high on the DJ Moore and Teddy uh, because of Joe Brady. But I mean, I guess you could go even go back to, to the college days. I mean, they were ridiculous because they were a college team though, facing, you know, lesser talent, other college teams, and, but they were getting guys, you know, everybody involved, Justin Jefferson and, and Jamar Chase and Clyde Edwards-Alaire and uh, Terrace Marshall. So um, maybe that's just how Joe Brady runs things and, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, like I said, I just, yeah, the upside's probably a little capped. Definitely for this season, we'll see how it goes uh, in 2021. So the last guy we got before we uh, move on to find me a trade is Juju. Uh, wide receiver 32 in points per game. That's definitely not what we were hoping for this year. A lot of people were looking for Juju to bounce back after that injury ravaged season in, in 2019. Uh, I'll let you take the lead on this one, and then I'll give my take on Juju. Uh, Juju, <laughs> Juju, Juju, Juju. I, like, still what he's done in his career already, like, not a lot of people, the players his age like, have ever done like it's it's just crazy that and like i don't buy the excuse that oh well he was only good when antonio brown was you know he needs an antonio brown because they have talent there they've had other talented receivers now not antonio brown style and not antonio brown talent wise but like Deontay Johnson, when he's healthy, is is talented. Like James Washington is a good receiver. He's not Antonio Brown, but he's a good receiver. That I just I don't know what it is with Juju and and that team. Um, I just I I can't figure it out. So right now I'm kind of out on him just because I don't know what's going on. Um, I do think that he's not going to be back in Pittsburgh, and I don't know what that's going to mean. It I think it's going to be more landing spot dependent for him. But I, I still love the talent of Juju, and I'm still bought in on the talent. I just I'm out on him for the rest of this season until he's he's gone to Pittsburgh, and and I'm kind of out until I've seen something on him. Like I I, I need to see it now. It's now been you know going on two seasons that we haven't seen it now. So it's so funny you put it that way because that's exactly what I was going to say. It's more fun when we disagree. You were agreeing too much again, but. Uh, I, I I'm totally with you in that I don't I don't like him at all this year. Uh, we uh, I think anyone who listens to Junkies on a regular basis probably knows I I love me some Deontay Johnson. Uh, he's 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 their wide receiver one. He Deont- I looked this up. Deontay only has six less targets despite the fact that he's missed most of three games. He's only got six less targets than than Juju does. So when Deontay's in there. He he's the guy they're looking to use. Uh, Glaypool's emerging, um, so I don't, I, I just don't know how Juju is going to get enough volume even to be definitely not a wide receiver one and wide receiver two is even debatable. I mean, right now he is a wide receiver three. So uh, you would think I, with 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 Will Fuller number two and Deontay Johnson there that Juju would get some targets, but. <laughs> No, uh, uh, but anyway, with Juju, I'm fine with the. I'm fine with buying them low. Uh, I, you know, like you said, I'm still in on the talent, but you're. It's definitely a long term play. If I'm a contender, I'm not that interested in buying Juju even low. Uh, it's uh, hope he he's going to leave Pittsburgh. I think everyone believes he's going to leave Pittsburgh. Uh, after this season when his contract is up. So you're banking on him uh, getting somewhere where he's the number one guy, and hopefully it's not somewhere like uh, the Jets or something where being the number one guy might not even matter unless Trevor Lawrence. Well, I guess if Trevor Lawrence is the quarterback, it might matter. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it, it, I don't mind buying him low because it's about the lowest he's probably ever been, but only if I'm not contending. I'd rather... Uh, try and get them for first or first value and and bank on the, the value shooting up and either getting that production from them or or maybe selling them at a profit. So that's our that's our take on those underachievers. Uh, 
So we'll move on to find me a trade. Find me a trade. This week it was submitted by Josh Sumner at Sumner JW. Uh, it's a 12 team 0.5 PPR 0.5 point per first down super flex 1.0 tight end premium for, for both the PPR and the first down. So you get one point per PP one point per reception, one point per first down for tight ends. Uh, it was a team. He said the startup was this season. The plan was for a productive struggle. Like I said, it kind of goes back to our listener question and he is actually, cause they have double headers eight and two. Uh, going trying to go with the productive struggle approach, but he's eighth in points, so it's it's kind of a little bit of a lucky eight and two. He said he traded Cam away after week two for picks and Justin Jefferson, so that was a good move. But he's now lost Dak and Kittle, and wanted to get our thoughts on on what we would do with this team. Uh, Dustin, do you want to go over his roster, and then we'll get into the to our trades? Yeah. So at quarterback, he has Burrow, Tua, Dak. Dalton and, and Mike Glennon, but it's Mike Glennon. <laughs> um, at, at running back, he's got J.K. Dobbins, Chase Edmonds, Zach Moss, Darian, Damian Harris, Miles Gaskin. So he's he's pretty decent youth-wise there. At, at wide receiver, he's got Brandon Ayuk, Paris Campbell. He's got Quintus Cephas, Michael Hardman, Justin Jefferson, Van Jefferson, C.D. Lamb, Anthony Miller, Cortland Sutton, and James Washington. And then at tight end, he has um, he has Kittle, Goddard, Njoku, Trey Burton, and Mo Alley Cox. So, like, I any looking at draft picks, he's got two firsts, a second, and two thirds this year. And then next year, he has another two firsts, a second, and a third. So, um, looking at his roster, like I I love the direction his roster is going. Mm-hmm. That the youth that he has there with. Burrow, Tua, Dak, Dobbins, CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, like I in lo- Kittle, like I love that 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 core right there. I think it's it's a, it's a great great uh, core to build around. He's got those two first and and a second. Unfortunately, his first now because most leagues are still on standings. Like it's going to be hard for his first to be early. It's probably going to be a mid first right now, at 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 the at best. Um, but I, I think he needs to still still hold on to those firsts and 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 not let those go, knowing what they're going to do in the draft next year. So I didn't have him making a big his, his this team was hard to find a trade for because he doesn't really have veterans to trade away to get picks with. So he doesn't really have like have those those assets that are that might be helpful for a contender. I don't want to use move any of his youth or his pick. So it's really kind of hard to move. Um, but my trade was to trade um, Burton and Anthony Miller to came to conquer for Michael Pittman. Um, we talked about Burton earlier in the show. And I think in a, in this type of a tight end premium, I'll take this little bit of bump that Trey Burton has right now. And Anthony Miller's had a couple good games the last couple of weeks, and I'm I'm kind of just out on the 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 hit or miss of of Anthony Miller. Like he will have blow games and then completely disappear for a couple of weeks. So I'm just wanting to move move out from Anthony Miller. And um, the other owner that I would be trading um, Burton to to get Michael Pittman. I think his t- only tight end he's got Gronk, and then he has. Dalton Keene and Cole Komet. So, and that, that owner is also eating two right now. So he could use some tight end depth um, and he's not paying a lot to get Burton. And so I think uh, packaging Burton and Anthony Miller to get Michael Pittman. I like Michael Pittman's outlook for the future. So it was, and it was a, just giving you another young receiver to build your, your young core around. But I also like if I, and I don't, didn't look for a specific team. If you could get, a late first or early second for Chase Edmonds. Um, I would do that as well. We talked about that a little bit in the beginning of the show. Okay. First of all, I, I do actually like your trade, which uh, the only concern I would have at all is I'm just not sure if that would be enough value for Pittman. Um, I do like what you said earlier in the show about Burton as a sneaky buy, but I don't know that people are valuing enough to, to, to make that a piece worthwhile to, with Miller 
to get to Pittman. Uh, I do agree with you, though, that he definitely could use another tight end. He's basically only got Gronk um, as a contributing tight end on a contending team. So, uh, you know, Gronk... I'm just looking at, like, the other team right now. Like, Pittman still hasn't really done much, and the other team has Keenan Allen, Will Fuller, um, Cooper Cup, LaVisca Chanel, Adam Thielen. Like, he doesn't need Pittman, and you'd be giving him Anthony Miller, who's significantly outproduced him so far. So I think like Addie Miller just helps kind of close that deal. I don't, I, I think it right now, Pittman's value, his performance hasn't really shown much. So I think, I think he's a, he's a guy you can get. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you're necessarily wrong there. I definitely think it's worth trying. And if you have to maybe even add a little bit, I'm fine with that. Maybe throw in a third or, or a player uh, that, uh, is worth a third or something like that. Maybe you can even throw in a even. Maybe he probably should be worth more than the third, but given that he's hurt, maybe throw in a Miles Gaskin, uh, who a contender might have interest in, knowing he's going to be back in a few weeks. Um, so I don't hate that. Um, but then the other reason I kind of sighed when you uh, before you threw it to me is you basically just like you know stole my trade. So uh, <laughs> I do. <laughs> Do you not look at the show sheet, Dustin? Or I, I um, didn't look at the show sheet. <laughs> My trade was Chase Edmonds to the team, the Picnic Spirit, for another team second, Rumham second, and and his own third, which is not a late first. I'm not sure you can get a late first for Edmonds. If you can, I love it, and I would do it. Um, the reason I went with this is uh, our our team that we're finding the trade for cultivating mass. Uh, it's definitely greatly overachieved. Uh, even if he makes the playoffs, it's not winning anything, especially with Kittle, Dak, Sutton all out. Um, but like you said, I love the look of his team and the direction it's going in. I think it, it, by next year, especially when he gets those guys back healthy, um, add some draft picks, that team's going to probably be a juggernaut, if not in 21, definitely by 22. Um, so, I want to keep almost all the pieces he has to have real value, but the Edmonds spike, um, I don't think Edmonds is a long-term guy, at least, you know, in terms of being able to be a much more than an RB two. Uh, so it's a good time to sell him. And the second he get would be from is from the team. He's trading him to is kind of on the edge of the playoffs, but owns a second from a team that's currently out of the playoffs. That's that Rumham team. So I would go for that second. It's coming from a non-playoff team. It also could possibly, the guy he would be trading Edmonds to is, is fairly weak at running back. He has, uh, he has Mixon. He has Mixon who's hurt, but he does have geo. And then he's got Gordon and he's got basically nothing after that. Oh, we do. I'm sorry. He does have Gibson. So, uh, he's got some pieces, um, but Mixon and Geo are on bye this week, um, and uh, Gordon and Gibson are up and down. So uh, trade him, Edmonds. Uh, he could have RB1 potential while Drake is out, and uh, a second and third isn't that much for the contender, well, potential playoff team to give. And I just think it also, if that team... If it does help that team get in the playoffs, it also takes Edmonds' points off his roster uh, because the I, I did look it up while you were talking earlier, and the the playoffs, uh, the non-playoff teams are by potential points, so you get points off your roster if you can somehow lose enough to not get in the playoffs. Because um, if I'm this team, I'd rather not get in the playoffs and have my first be higher because I don't think I'm going to win in there anyway. So maybe giving it to this team that's on the edge of the playoffs gives them a better shot at maybe eventually surpassing you. Um, they are a few games behind right now. I think they're five and five and he's eight and two, but obviously there's double headers in this league. I don't know how many, so I'm not quite sure how many games are left to give him a chance to pass them. So there's kind of a lot of levels going on here when I was thinking of it. Um, I know you like getting a late first for Edmonds, but what do you think of, of, of the thought process there? Yeah, I think if you can get, like, I'm fine with a, like I said, an early second and another piece or a third or something like I'm completely fine with that deal. Like I don't, I'm, I don't know that you'll get a first for Edmonds, but I think you could, especially if he performs this week. But there's also rumors that Drake's gonna be back sooner rather than later. So if you can get an early second and a third or a, another small upside piece for you, like I'm, I'm all for that deal. Um, you're, you're, in, 
regardless of how Edmonds does rest of the season, like you're gaining value on what you paid for him, and that that's exactly what you want to do. Right, and and I think you might be right about. I'm pretty sure they have not put Drake on IR yet, um, which was originally what they were saying was going to happen. So the fact that they haven't done that uh, might signify that he is going to be back in less than less than three weeks. So uh, if you can still sell, though, uh, I'm not sure everybody even realizes that. So if you can still sell, though, on, on the spike, Edmonds is getting, like I said, early second, third. I like it, uh, but that is our find me a trade so that finishes up our show here so just to remind everybody i am at dynasty ff addict on twitter dustin is at dynasty junkie ff the pod is at dynasty junkies also please follow the dap network at dap underscore network and for both us and the network if you have a second if you can just give us a, a subscribe uh, a rating and review uh, the ratings really help us out and the reviews to help people find us and let us know what you think of the show and what we can improve anything you'd like to hear us do so please go ahead and do that and we will be back after week nine junkies out